Welcome to a very special Just Say No to Drugs Miracle Nutrition with Harley White. With a special appearance by First Lady Nancy Reagan. I'm kidding. Vicki Bennett's here, though. Oh, I'm glad you are, too. Welcome, everyone. I have a very special guest joining me today. I didn't even say who I was, did I? I may have in the introduction. This is your friend, Hardy White. How do you know I'm your friend? Well, I just told you, and that is for you to reject. I'm like junk mail. I'm coming at you. I may have valuable coupons, but that's up up to you. You can just toss me in the bin or recycle me or something like that. I don't mind being uh, recycled. That would be lovely. People do that. Today it's called sampling. And speaking of which, taking art and recycling it and repurposing it, I have my friend Vicki Bennett, a.k.a. people like us. If you wanted to pronounce that, you'd say uh, Acaplu, like Acapuco, A-K-A-P-L-U. <laughs> and that is a Vicky. Hello, Vicky. Can you hear me? Hello. Speaking Hello. to me from London, England. Yes. Now, I just visited you uh, in person. You did. You brought me COVID. I brought you COVID. Most people just bring bourbon chocolates, <laughs> which I think I also brought. <laughs> I think you brought me COVID. That felt like that felt like British COVID. Because yeah, I had like okay. I had mushy peas up all in my sinuses, and that feels like something more of a traditional uh, COVID breakfast. Yeah, I mean, there's no telling who who, who we'll who, never actually. know. Let's just say. We share. We share. Yeah, it, I think it was a nice, it was a nice ending to a wonderful weekend because not everything can be great all the time, and I was. Exactly. We we got to have a COVID residency afterwards where everyone checked in with each other to find out how. Terrible yeah, and they it felt. just it slowed you down. It's just like, why don't you just sit in the couch and think about this for a minute? That's the way I thought about yeah. it. Because <laughs> I also got to read because yes, I bought books was... when I was there, so I came home and. And uh, and was able to read. Yes, that's wonderful. And it's a great way to get over jet lag is having COVID as well, actually. Yeah, because you can blame that. You don't know which is which, which is wonderful. You can just yeah. sleep. I'm just going to sleep. People go, it's okay. With jet lag, yeah. you go, oh, I'm just going to sleep. And it makes you seem weak. You go, well, you know, Kissinger didn't yeah. sleep. Yeah, or people lie and go, I don't get jet lag. It's like no. you liar. You all get jet lag because of the, uh, we're all human. Oh, my goodness. Isn't this informative? See, I'll tell you what, uh, Vicky. I don't mean to be a snob about radio, versus, mm -hmm. but a lot of people have these podcasts now where they sit around with their friends and they just talk about nonsense and they have nothing to say uh -huh. and they just chit-chat, chit-chat like that. Say, oh, I just visited you in your town. That, But here on radio, uh, this is uh, much different and it is really the different I think, between fine art and folk art. Hear me out. I was just visiting your fine city of London, England, and I went to the Tate Modern, which is, by the way, a brutalist abomination. And, uh, oh, and it do really, I I, it feels like a loading bay of the Death Star or something. This is, because we entered through this big ramp, you know, and there's, Nothing it just feels like a lot of concrete. The worst is that National Theater. That's a scary building. Well, they're different because the National Theater was built to be the right. National Theater, whereas the Tate Modern was previously a some kind right, of right. You can station. tell, right? Because why would it need a smokestack yeah. or whatever it has? Uh, so what are they making yeah. in there? I thought they were incinerating yeah. old uh, paintings. Like if I was going to have a modern museum. I would have a furnace that was uh, entirely 18th century portraiture. Just those awful mm -hmm. portraits that, that most museums, you know, are just lousy with them. Those people with wigs on and they're never great portraits and they're fancy dress. Those could be used for fuel. So in, in the Tate Modern, I'm looking around there, minding my own business, and there is Duchamp's uh, ready-made called Fountain, and as, as we all know, it's a urinal, not the modern, wonderful modern style urine, urinals that, that flush when you walk away, 
but one of the old school ones, and it's laying on his side, and he made it into an art by signing it and dating it. And there it was. And it is one of the most important pieces. And by important, I mean it can get into restaurants that you and I can't in the history of modern art, and especially in the 20th century. And I was just thinking, my goodness, there it is saying just right out in the open, I am taking, I can't say the word already, I guess, but a urine, I'm micturating on art. The I'm wee-weeing, I'm taking a wee-wee, and I'm wee-weeing on you. And then the extra wee-wee thing is, that is one of those 60s reproductions that they knocked off. And uh, mm -hmm. so there you go. So it was stale. <laughs> the idea was even old by then. Could you imagine, hey, I did this thing 40 years ago that was clever. And um, that's that's the feeling it gives you. Exactly. Yeah. I walked away. So I, I was the just experience so. gave me COVID. There's a button. That's the hilarious thing. <laughs> There's not a button. No, we're at our home studios. Yeah, I think I'm getting you, a cold. You might be. Um, well, there there was some conjecture as to whether he made that art, if, or whether we didn't, whether even he didn't make the art that right, wasn't the right. art. Wasn't there that uh, apparently some some mm -hmm. woman? She made has it. a hyphenated. Listen, she has a hyphenated name. <laughs> I'm laughing at my oh, own she, joke. She posh, oh then. my goodness! But she does have actually does have a hyphenated name. Does she? I wish I could remember. I just gosh, it was just on the tip of my tongue. But um, all those surrealists, you know, and and all. I remember I used to because I had the. When I was growing up, I had the car, the trading cards. You know, you, that's how you remember everybody. You go, oh, I trade your hands art for Tristan Zara or something. The uh -huh. uh, was, was that a real thing? No, I don't know. No, but you know what oh, is? Okay. There was a, a Hasidic rabbi trading cards I saw one time. I no. swear, I swear on the life of somebody I, I, I value. Isn't that crazy? I don't know why you'd want to. I don't know that those are really, those were probably made to placate Orthodox, like Hasidic children. It was like, I'd like some cards. And they go, you can't have regular cards, but here's a, here's some rabbis, <laughs> something like that. That isn't the way I they had, speak. I had the Bay City Rollers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, rollers, I have um, Operation Desert Storm playing cards. Those are playing cards. So yeah, they no. came out during Desert Storm, and they were given to the troops as a way of identifying members of the uh, Saddam Hussein regime. So different cards. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> different cards would have different. Like this is the minister of of television or something. Yes. Really? And so that they could capture the people. So they gave them in the form of playing cards to the soldiers. Wow. Isn't that That's amazing? amazing? And then the Ace, Ace of Spades well, is Saddam Hussein. Well, I mean, the Bay City Rollers ones came with pink, a bit, a pink strip of mm. bubble gum, you know, like that kind of Did that you say classic bubble. Uh, well, the thing about bubble gum is it's it's pointless, isn't it? I mean, you you no. just chew it, and then you and then the flavour goes away, and so you have to put some more in, and eventually your whole mouthful of yeah, but pink food is that way too. Goo. You just chew it, you swallow it, and it's you make it poop, and you have to go get you more. You don't swallow it. If you swallow, do you swallow No, it? I was saying food is the same way. Oh, I mean, food, the, okay. Because there was that myth, which I, because there wasn't the internet, you couldn't look it up, but there was that thing that, oh, someone swallowed mm. some bubble gum and it, it got tangled up on their in, in their insides. Well, I guess if your insides were like made of like hair. Well, well, if you, yeah, if you're all bones, I was imagining bones, it was going to yeah. make like this spider's web. Because it does, it gets goo. on hair, it does, it goes to crazy things. Yeah. Yeah, you tell my cat It doesn't want to come that. out it's, once it's in there. No. It's, it's, no, and then it, it just hangs around. I wonder yeah. why that nature hasn't really used that as a delivery system for something like, you know, <laughs> you know. What's this in my hair? <laughs> oh, it's the, it's the eggs of something <laughs> in the forest. But now it's on me. I can't get it out. You're going to have to shave your head. Well, I guess lice are like that. You have to do that. You have to get them. Lice. Um, lice are like that. You have to get them. You have to shave to get those. Have you had head Have lice? I had head lice? No, no, no. Yeah. Just body lice. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm I've kidding. Had head lice. You know they separated. So did you know that head lice and like yeah. and and pubic lice 
are different species because <laughs> because they lost because people lost body hair and so they got they got uh-huh. like stranded that's what i heard i don't think that could be right well over over several decades you'd think there's no to jump wouldn't know. you I don't know a lot about life. Like the toad in the, the toad I really in the was pan. wanting to talk about art. You know, I don't know how. <laughs> I think that there is a fine line. You start talking about art, and then, like pubic lice and things like that, and urinating like Duchamp, and that's yeah. all urinating like Duchamp. That's See, my new you book. You did start with the urinal. You started is with that the how urinal. You say it? I love how yeah. tomato tomato our whole exchanges are. Yeah, if you're going to start with the urinal, you're, you're on the road to the headlines. Say urinal fast. garage. Urinal. No, it's garage. <laughs> Say babble urinal garage. garage. Now I'm doing it. Ba- babel urinal garage. <laughs> yeah, that's how I can't even believe we understand one another. It's amazing. It's happened. I think that British English and American English are like head lice and pubic lice. And I don't know who's who. We take yeah. turns being the pubic lice. But we both, oh my, yeah. God, what beautiful language we share. Uh, this uh, trip did inspire me, and uh, artistically. I hoped I'd see more other kind. I didn't go to many museums because, for me, you know, the city of London is, is, one, is one, is a museum. Mm-hmm. And there's even there's uh, even human remains in the, in the street and everything. There weren't that the day I was there, but... Um, there well, there are, are but they're, who they're powder. There are, and they're under things. We're made of human they're remains, under aren't we? I want to drain that Thames. I just, I look at the Thames. <laughs> oh, they do. Just drain do. it dry, like the like the Seven Chinese Brothers book or something, and then um, seven five, and then just walk in there. It must be the treasures that must be in there. They do drain the Thames. They they call it something like the Big Drain or something like that, and they do it at, um, mm-hmm. near where we live in Twickenham, and they 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 cut off Richmond to Isleworth, and then they drain it and find shopping trolleys. I I I, I drain it completely like the ships are suddenly sitting on a muddy bottom at a yeah. jaunty angle. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. They sometimes find like dead people, but. Um, more often they find shopping like trolleys. Shopping trolleys and the original Waterloo Bridge. <laughs> That's amazing. The original London Bridge. Is that Bridge. in there too? That fell down. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like this. I, I mean, I would go and see it. They mm-hmm. do it once a year around August. Um, but I worry that there might be a dead person in there when on the day that they're oh, doing Oh, the, yeah, I'm sure there's you know, multiple the ones. I was walking over... Um, Trying to think what bridge it is. Does it matter? Can I just make up a bridge? Blackfriars. Yeah, just make one up. I'll correct you. No, you won't. I may have been. No, no, no. I walked over multiple <laughs> bridges. Well, we could say it was Waterloo, but it absolutely was not. But it was one of those. Okay. Um, and um, w- was it a pedestrian? Yeah, bridge? Yeah, it was a pedestrian a... bridge. Was it a little one? No, no, I can't remember. But did it have a train? Oh, attached? yeah, it might have. What's that? Um, yeah. Carry, Carry on. on. <laughs> so it's, it might have been that one. But we're, I'm walking along, and this guy, this is like kind of strutting punk guy, right out of some weird movie, right? He walks up yeah. to one of those life preservers, those round rings, you know, that's meant if somebody falls off the bridge, you toss him in after it, right? He just yeah, walks by, yeah. picks it up, he throws it into the water for no reason, kind of like makes a smirk and keeps going. Whoa. And I was like, man, that's just, that's great. I've seen people do that, that, that just out of nowhere vandalism in, in many cities. Yeah. And I'm always stunned. Well, you only can do that so many times, and then basically you'll be the one in the water with a bit hit on the head by right, a ring. Right, because it's going to, it will. It's an, old, it's an old parable, you know. You'll, somebody's going to throw you in like that. That's how yeah, it goes. Yeah. Or one of the bobbies yeah. will come up and say, "What is what is all this then?" And then they'll be arrested. They'll be nicked. Am I getting exactly. it right? Then, uh, yeah. So that nicked. Yeah, they'll, they'll be, be stolen. stolen. Yeah. 
No, now what do you say when yeah. someone's arrested? We are, we are, over here we say uh, plobbed or gabloided. You go around yeah. and say that to your friends. We don't say that. No, we say we say. What? No, we, we, it, well, apparently. Oh dear, I'm sorry. I'm just trying cop, to adjust cop, this, uh, this recorder. Cop. No, Pat. What the the, the um is? Well, it's your nicked if if people were like on the telly in a detective what? thing. What would we say when they're? No, what we say you is you're say nicked. nicked. Yeah, well, they do. Yeah, the but telly. not in real life. They wouldn't say that. They would say arrested. No, no definitely not. Yes, exactly. Um, that's interesting to me. <laughs> All the Vaguely. art differences, too. Uh, what we think. <laughs> I'm transitioning back to the. Well, I would, because I do want to. I want to also. It's getting near Christmas. And, you know, um, something I know that happens. Every Christmas um, in in England in London <coughs> is um, that we don't really have here so much is interest in the Doctor Who special. We have no oh, yes. interest in that. Yes, but you do because no. it's like you keep wondering like how is it that the world is always every, like every few Christmases the world's you know at threat and then we need a Time Lord. But now there's a brand new Time Lord, right? Yeah, yeah, arriving. On, well, he's already arrived, and he had to split in half from I David I saw Tennant, that. They split they in a, two. That was amazing. Yeah, that was yeah, amazing. Yeah, that was weird. I didn't like, when they sang Ebony and Ivory, I thought that was dumb. <laughs> but everything else was good about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a shame, yeah. mate. Um, yeah, they got rid of that bit. But, yeah, I mean, I, I also find it very weird, because then there beca it became like Twin Peaks. Because basically, suddenly there were two doctors, two Tardises. Right. Tar I, call, I guess two Tardises is a Tardis. There were two. Oh my God! I got to tell you this before I forget. This is crazy. Uh -huh. So I knew about this place, but yeah. I, I'm only just now gone to the in Cincinnati. There is a giant grocery store that's also an international grocery store, and it yeah. is called Jungle Gems, and it is enormous. And it even has like animatronic figures, you know, like a Disney World, like Hall of Presidents, except, yeah. uh, for instance, over the uh, selection of English food, they've got a big Robin Hood going, you know, hey, I'm Robin Hood, in a, a voiceover <laughs> actor who is clearly not from England. Um, yeah, how's he go? Well, I think he's talking like this, actually. I'm trying to do a bad, uh, which is the only way I can do it. But I think he's saying, I am Robin Hood here, you know, purveying <laughs> these teas, you know, come get them from me. Um, and then stuff like that. But anyway, here's the, here's the intriguing thing. The bathrooms. Mm -hmm. So I had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. To, the to the urinal. urinal because I was like, well, if this store is taking a pee-pee, I'm going to take one. Because I feel like yeah. they're not being serious enough about food. So I go to the bathrooms, and they look like two porta potties i don't know what your word for that is uh call box loo or something i don't know but you know the one all right yeah the ones you go inside that you go inside oh they flush themselves not the ones here the <laughs> ones here are basically like oh, plastic versions like... of roman toilets they are like outhouse. a tardis they actually, are like a tardis they? aren't they so but but anyway you know the ones yeah. the like plastic ones they have them at fairs yeah, and yeah. everything Right, port port loose. Loose, so you, port here's loose. the thing. Here's the the TARDIS thing. You open them up and you walk in and it's a huge bathroom. It's just the it entrance. Is. It look is made to look like you're walking into a porta potty. But when you go in, yeah. it's a large public restroom. So it's like a toilet TARDIS. I've <laughs> never seen such a thing. And it confused oh, there was some people because there's people shop there. So it's an international shopping, yeah. and I saw this uh, uh, this lady get so confused. She thought it was a porta potty, and she didn't want to go in. And then, and then it opened up, and she's like, "It's bigger on the inside." And then they all they needed a bathroom attendant, like called the doctor. But it, well, I I, I kind of wonder what the you know because the TARDIS is based. It's a police box, and I wonder what the original ones had in them. I mean. And there's, there's not a lot of room in those things. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're still around. There's, there's lots of them I would in imagine that they and... had a phone 
with no numbers on yeah. it. Yeah. And you just pick up the phone, and the phone automatically c- connects you to the police. But they are the police. I don't think there's anyone in there. I think it's a phone, and you pick up the phone, and the phone calls to call the, police. the police. You say, you know, they go, can I help you? And oh. you go, yeah, I got a the police. Like, you don't have to dial the police. Because what's the police's number? Well, we know, like here, they've got a number for emergency, but... If you just want yeah. to talk to the like, I just want to chat with a policeman. I don't know the number. But I guess if you had a... I'm going to, I'm going to ask Google what's in a blue police box. What is in a blue police... A mm-hmm. blue inhaler. What is a blue te- police tent for? What is a blue police car? What is blue police tape? Is this... Police this is a Is this a new project for... you're working on? Because I love it. I love it. <laughs> Did you do this with Gregor? What is uh, a blue? No. It's called your the new book called What is a Blue? Contained... You're right. You're right. The typical British police mm-hmm. box contained an, a telephone linked directly to the local police station, allowing for patrolling officers. Oh, no, so the police yes. would call the police to get in contact with mm-hmm. the station reporting anything unusual, like a TARDIS. Right. So if, like, you go in, it's like, so what would happen a lot of times is uh, people would think it was a real police box. They had an emergency. The doctor wouldn't be there. They'd, they'd go in, and they'd go, oh, a police emergency, and then, like, canine would have to fake it or something and go, oh, just, I'm a telephone, speak it to me, like that. Um, uh, you know, gosh, the, the, uh, the, my canine voice sounds like my, my Dalek voice, but without a, uh, without a, a ring, uh, modulator you actually when you did your posh voice before you sounded like the chap who directed the Beatles Get Back documentary which we've been what we just re-watched the nine hours oh Mary Tyler week. Moore's boyfriend and his the posh hog something hog um, he was Mary yeah, Tyler Moore's yeah, boyfriend got a, well he's got a double barreled name as well and I'm thinking how do the Beatles put up with him because he he has mm-hmm. terrible ideas and he just manipulates them, and he 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 records them, you know, without you, them knowing. And look, you know, he split the Beatles up, not Yoko. Ono. You know the power of the hyphen. The hyphen, the hyphen people yes. come in, and uh, yeah. they mess things up. Yeah, you know that. So, yeah, but I, anyway, he, he did. But, I loved like uh, so that that fella whose name I love how we don't remember his name, but there was also this myth. <laughs> That his real father was Orson Welles. Did you know this? Really? So you see him smoking a cigar because he really wanted yeah. to believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. I remember, like, I found out that the, 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 right around the time that I was conceived, my mother met Professor Irwin Corey, and I was really holding mm-hmm. out. I was like, do I look like him? Do I look <laughs> like him? But I don't. I look like my father. <laughs> um, that's true. That's true. I wish that they didn't hook up or anything. <laughs> but you can see uh, somehow uh, his legacy endured. Yeah, yes. and his almacy. Um, uh, Vicky. So, yeah. l- listen. <laughs> Another thing that I've, I've uh, my experiences I felt in. Uh, London and you we were talking about this earlier is um you you go someplace that you've never been before and you don't really think mm-hmm. about it or to digest it until you're away from it because mm-hmm. there's a lot of other things going on like survival things like yep. if you're walking down a busy street yeah not right. getting run over not getting caught in the middle of a protest for a million people that kind of thing for instance i had i had this <laughs> i did <laughs> that's happened to me I got, and um, that was very interesting. And so, like, for instance, I was at, I visited the Hawksmoor Church, St. Mary Woolnoth, and it's in a very busy, busy area, right, on a on a weird little corner. And so, you know, getting there was kind of stressful. So I get to this small church, and then, you know, you're, you're not sure if you can go in. You know how that is. You go, can you go in? Mm-hmm. I kind of go in, and there's, like, something going on. There's people on the altar. And we're like, oh, no, no. But they're just <laughs> rehearsing a play about John Newton, you know. 
So yeah, they're and then and Jesus. so they're up there, you know, doing the life of John Newton on the on the altar, just rehearsing it. And the father of one of the actors is uh, starts conversing with us because he's Irish and he can't help himself, and he talks the entire time. <laughs> We're standing there, you know, it is, and so. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, he's going on about John Newton was once in this church and um, I was trying to look around, right? I'm trying to because it's Ian Nairn mentions it in his book, and I'm I know it's a, architecturally it's a really mm. interesting but small church, and so I'm trying to. But this guy's talking mm. at me about John Newton, <laughs> so there's no way I could even look at the church or think about it until I'm gone, and only then yeah. can I like look at a picture and. And really focus and see and think about it and, and, and read about it. But the experience itself is like visiting something in a dream. It's so mixed up mm -hmm. with other uh, stuff that I feel like I learn more about a place once I'm out of it. Well, that's why I always need pictures after something happens. Because otherwise I actually start to not believe that it was real sometimes. Yes. You know, an experience that I that's I guess that's why we document things because we don't really believe our own memories. <laughs> yeah, things. absolutely. And there's some things uh I call the uh I call log flume um experiences. Uh where you know, they take a picture of you when you're coming on those rides and those affairs, you're sliding down a big water slide yeah. and people go blah and yeah. their faces. Maybe you're so uh, uh you're screaming, you're on a roller coaster kind of thing. Um, when you experience something like that and the adrenaline's really going, your your memory uh, is does different things than it might. Yeah, the speed, yeah, the speed and, changes um, of your and, mind. And um, you're having a different experience. And when then you see a photograph of yourself, it, it's very strange and, and dissociative, mm. right? You just go like, is that, I don't feel mm. like that's me. And, um, yeah. Uh, so there's... Experiences like that, and I found like big city things were like that because there was a couple London instances that were crowded, like um, near Buckingham Palace, and everything it was a crush of people or something, all wanting to see. You know, why are there geese here? Or not geese? What is? What is big ass where's, pelicans? Where's why the are queen? Pelicans? Where's the queen? Yeah, why are the pelicans yeah, eating the pigeons? You know, why are they eating the queen? Um, they had the queen was dead, so they had already cut her up and. Uh, Fed her to the cormorants, which are in abundance mm -hmm. there. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, it's it is a tradition. A tradition. You can see them just eating little pieces yeah. of her. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, the awful thing is that they didn't like her father, so there's just little oh bits of, bits of him still left. left. They're going to do that with Charles yeah. too. They're not going to want. It'll just sit there, um, like Jeremy Bentham. And uh, so that was, you know, so you're on alert, and there was a walking over. Waterloo Bridge, I took a video of it in just an absolute crush of people, like a Disneyland crush of of humanity. And it was a little scary because there's so many people. And, um, mm. you know, uh, but it's, you can't really like, it's not like standing in the countryside and you go, it's just me and nature. Well, I thought it's very important that you stayed by the river because there that the purpose of London kind of was because of that river, you know. And so what I love about being mm -hmm. in a river in a city is you actually still know what the point was. Yes, and it just feels like where it's all happening to me. Like if, you, if you're going to include past, present, and future into one big tube of thing um, – and you 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 feel that or sense that then it's by the river where London is like happening for me. Also, it's my sense of yeah. of bearings. Like I feel safer. I you know I could be being chased, but if I'm next to the Thames, I know where I am. Like I I know like yeah. you know is it on this side or this side of me? Like there's landmarks. Yeah. Forget your north, <laughs> south, east, and west, but you definitely yeah know exactly. The and there's enough. Uh, but large landmarks where you can get your bearings pretty quickly if you're right by the river. And they used to shut the South Bank in the olden days. They used to shut it away because that's where all the all the naughty people. Oh, lived. I love it! I love being on the naughty side. I want to, yeah, yeah, with all the lambs. Is that why Lambeth is some lambs going on down there? <laughs> people, you know what's you know where you should go. They have the ask for the get the lamb, order the lamb, and then they start calling it Lambeth. It's nice uh, um, 
yeah, and no, the bridges were interesting to me. I never, when I was a kid, all that stuff was boring. If you and some of the bigger buildings are, are still, boring, a little boring to me. Well, I actually get bored in museums. I know it's really bad, but my I basically get completely exhausted mm -hmm. as soon as I walk in the door. I get drained of all energy when I go in the door of somewhere if it's got lots and lots of information. Oh, same. And then. If you walk around with people who walk too slow, that's the oh, worst. Oh, the worst! I hate ever. people who use. They'll go to museums. I don't hate anybody. They'll go to museums. You should do. If I'm with you, I don't care what you do. Actually, at <laughs> the museum, do anything you want, except don't get married there. That I hate. I hate when there's like a wedding and you're like, All you right. gotta leave. There's a wedding. So, um, the you know, I'll be. I've been with somebody and they want to look at every pa like every painting or something. Like, like, look at this one. Yeah, for then go to like this fifteen one. minutes, and then, and then they've got to read right. all the and stuff so, uh, on the wall. There's a couple different things I do. If it's a museum that I go to all the time, then I treat it like a family reunion, and I just have I have the re mm. a couple relatives I like, or uh, or yeah. I find out maybe they have something I didn't realize they had in their private collection. And I go look for it. I visit it. But that's it. Like, yeah. and the, there's stuff I don't even want my eyes to touch. Like there's there's mm -hmm. such garbage in a lot of museums. I was like, I don't want to waste time looking at some rich person's portrait that isn't by Sargent. So, well, there's that whole thing that you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that and you're supposed to be interested in certain things and you know. I, and then I I got to a point relatively mm. recently. I thought, well, those are people aren't interested in most things I like. Yeah, I do emotional dowsing. You know the, what a dowsing rod is? You know, they find water with that. Yeah. So I'll go, if, I, if I've never been to a museum, I'll walk into an individual gallery, and I'll just kind of like, I'll just, I won't try to think anything. And I'll just look around and I'll go, yeah. what is that? And I'll let something call yeah. me to it. And, um, you know, and you say, well, you might miss something that's not obvious. I doubt that. Sometimes it's something yeah. that's, that isn't super obvious. It's just, mm -hmm. I'm, it's calling me. And, uh, yeah. you know, abstract paintings can do that of a certain color or color combination or things like that. Um, do it. And then I let myself be drawn to that piece. And then I just let myself mm -hmm. experience it. So I did. When I'm with people, I, there was somebody dissing Rothko online. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, what is this? Just a couple colors. And a lot of people are pointing out <laughs> that he, it's a very experiential thing. Like, you know, there's a reason there's always a lot of people standing in front of his paintings, like just staring at it yeah. and having opinions. That's because it's evocative. It's doing something to people. And so when you're in the presence mm -hmm. of it, you're like, I don't even know why this is doing this to me necessarily mm. and even if you even if the feeling is like what is this garbage you're not moving on you're still looking at it so it's got you mm -hmm. somehow mm -hmm. and you you might not even be sure why that is ever and you can do an experiment with with people and and they'll they'll gravitate towards them and look at them and and uh i let myself do that recently and thought you know what is this i and it, it was a, I just had this sense of not knowing, and I loved it, that that point between. Well, there's that, you get that thing, you can get a thing where you think you're supposed to think mm -hmm. a certain thing, or you're supposed yes. to know something, and then you think, oh, I don't, but I don't know that thing, and then you feel alienated from it, and then it's, well, what do you do after that point, which, you know, happens with all kinds of experiences of things where, We've, we've not been given an adequate way into something, you know, which is, I guess, why they, you know, they put these stupid bits of paper on next to things that describe everything, which, yeah, fair enough, but it's like it detracts from your experience of something. It does. It can. <laughs> and sometimes they're just, they're weird things. They include weird details. Um I don't want to give away my live performance that I'm going to do in March because, you know. I'm, yes, tell no, us about I, that. I don't, I'm not really plugging it as much <laughs> as that. It's fresh on my mind, so I'm thinking about a lot of stuff. But um, You're allowed to stop Yeah, but I don't want to like give away the punchline of my, of my thing. So just no. suffice it to say, I was looking at a lot of my favorite painters and, and, uh, 
and uh, eras and things like that. And it's just funny the things they choose to to mention. Oh, this was strange too. Uh, there was a Harvey Dinnerstein, who's a great Brooklyn painter, only died a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. one of his paintings is hanging in this gallery that is nothing but like 19th century stuff and earlier. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I don't know whether, I guess maybe people donated it or I really don't know but why it's hanging there. There's one modern piece next to all this. It's not modern looking, you know, it looks like a, you know, it's in a style that could be very old, but um, it was incongruous. And uh, mm. I wanted to ask why it was there, but I secretly don't want to know. And I, I noticed that I do that on the show, too. I'll say, oh, I can't remember the name of this thing. Don't tell me. Mm. Because there's this, there's this point between knowing and not knowing that's kind of lovely. And, and the Rothko painting mm. did that to me visually because the colors were oscillating. You know, it's like kind of like complementary colors almost, and they go, mm. and so they re recede, and they, like, yeah. you know, they, you can't tell where you are in space. So they they are disorienting in a really simplistic way, and I find that my life and even the most uh, simple things, um, when I'm confused about them, have a wonderful element that seems to echo some principle of the universe that. That's because you're still connecting to the universe through yourself because as soon as you put something into words, then you're removed from the experience and it becomes a secondary aspect of that thing. And it doesn't mean that you can't still connect to that experience, but as soon as you put something into words or explain it, basically you kill it in time and it's, and it's dead because you aren't then able to um, go any further in time traveling with the all the the one the wonders around it because it's saying this is that this is the name of that that's the blue police box you know unless it's a TARDIS of course that's different but um no as soon as it's like the finger in the moon it's like the finger is pointing at the moon and the finger is is the x is that piece of paper on the wall and the moon is the artwork and the artwork doesn't need anything Explain. So the picture, yeah, the, the, I can see that. The picture becomes the memory. Like you take a picture of something yes. and then you, know, you consult the picture. Um, and it's forever changing and, and therefore impossible to define except for a, a time stamp when someone might say something. But the times, it's, it's, it's a, that's what's wrong with our world is people try and kill things off by um, saying this is the the definitive object and that's the end of that and don't question it and you can't do anything with it either. And to try, uh, you know, it's, uh, when it comes to having experiences, it's good to trust your feelings too with uh, experiencing art and people get intimidated by, for mm. instance, there is a Van Gogh at the Cincinnati Museum it's a small portrait, mm -hmm. and it's awful because Van Gogh painted some really... <laughs> people forget that there's some Van Gogh stuff out there that's wretched, uh, in my opinion. But I don't think I'm the only one. I think anybody would look at it and go, like, oh, gross. That's what is, that doesn't work. Well, he went through some periods where he, he wasn't very happy, and I, I don't think you can make good Yeah, he's just like, dark, like the dark colors. He's not doing the kind of small brushstrokey things. It's just, uh, you know, proportions are wrong on the faces, and they just look, um, some of the stuff's ugly. But you know people feel a little bit of pressure to find something, and they go both out. Like, you don't want it. Not everybody's a, a critic. There's that, you know, nobody asks you, my kid could do that. You know, shut up. <laughs> but that, the person that is, person is also depriving themselves of an experience they're just saying I don't want to mm. you know I don't want to engage with this thing I don't, th I don't take it seriously uh, and whereas mm. what they should be you know thinking is that if you come to a, a a restaurant and it has a certain type of food eat that food you know don't scoff at mm. it and I think that's another thing. So it's either people feel intimidated. I'm going to be dumb if I don't get what this art is about. 
or that yeah. intimidation, that fear leads them to that other thing where they go, oh, I don't even, you know, this is below that anti-intellectual kind of uh, animosity that you might have towards the, the eggheads making art. Yeah, I mean, a, a good scholar will find will ex, will say, take you on the journey towards something, and a bad one will take you away from it. Right, because you can find. I mean, maybe f- somebody finds joy in the por- in the old musty portraits that I don't like. Um, I'm sure they do. I mm. saw someone giving a tour one time, and the docent was like, "Look at the look at the you know." You can see the lace. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. That's not. <laughs> that's not what I'm looking for. Um, so, uh, but uh, you, you know, you don't know what you're going to get out of a thing, or what's even going to be. I put the art is on an equal level to people pushing me on a bridge. There's no. There's no difference. Everything that you engage with is a ready-made. All uh, you know, everything. Mm. Uh, Everything's theater to me. I, I don't make any distinction between a museum and a department store or a city block. And I make no distinction between watching a play or watching people at the mall or in, in a store. Mm-hmm. I don't see that there's no real difference. Well, once again, art has been like, if you say to people, oh, do you like art or what's art or, you know, they're talking about like the stuff in museums and the stuff in galleries and like, basically at that world, they don't think anything else exists unless they give it a name and then it's outsider art if it's not on the inside. And and it's like most, most art exists, um, you know, or craft or creativity exists without anyone else knowing about it and... You know, the, most of the world is under the radar and every now and then something, you know, gets to the point that it become a household name and then it gets killed because well, it floats to the surface and gets Is defined. there a difference? And, and I, I don't know that there uh, is between, and I've seen both in museums, <clears throat> between um, preserved human skin with a tattoo on it that's been <laughs> cut off of a dead body <laughs> and a, ch- uh-huh. uh, a church altar work altar piece that's been taken out of a church and just put in a museum they both feel the same to me that they're they're out of context <laughs> this art wasn't meant for this it's been ripped like when they rip a banksy off a wall and stick it in a museum it's not where it's supposed yeah. to be uh i mean the worst that the 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 where museums lost it for me uh, is when they started putting uh preserved human remains that had been stripped of skin and had it replaced with some kind of uh, clear plastic so that we could see uh, flayed human corpses pretending to do the shot put. And that's that's when it all fell apart for me. <laughs> now we're just stacking corpses in these buildings and looking at them. Man well, contemplates himself. Museums, yeah. Museums are full of dead yeah, things, Yeah, because it is that... And urinals. It's that, like, urinals. It's like a Renaissance uh, etching or something of a of a skeleton that's looking at a skull, and it's called "Man Contemplates Himself," you know. And it is that uh, I guess it's we confront our mortality there. But I like to go like when you go, and what you confront is um, the um, uh, not 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 your mortality, but the infinite. <clears throat> and you start to feel that mm. sense of timelessness or being outside of time. And uh, and your connection, rather than being disconnected from something as being separate to you, like you put it in a frame or on a wall or something, and then you're meant to be on the outside and finding a kind of tenuous connection, whereas, you know, you, you kind of want to experience and go inside it and be in it. That's why films are so amazing when they're good. It's like because you actually... It breaks. It breaks the the not third wall. Yeah. Would it, uh, have you had the? Um, I'm sure you have. Everybody has the experience where a, a film or a TV show influences your your dreams. The night uh, if you watch it, mm-hmm. you know they like a new kind of um, like you dream in a in a genre or something. <laughs> That's why I stopped watching soap operas when I was younger because I, I used to dream about people in soap operas. Yeah, yeah, they start, they, they, they work their way <laughs> into your consciousness. And I think 
Yeah, it was never like the high-end stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I thought I'd find myself in the... Uh, and you think, well, how am I... You know, if I'm having a dream where I'm in some sort of, like, war situation, and I've actually never been in a war, then there's absolutely no doubt how this got into my head. Like, it just mm -hmm. came in through someone else's pictures and sounds. And yeah, you have to be really careful what you watch. I mean, I actually start having the nightmare while I'm watching movies a lot of the time because, you know, if they're really negative or violent or loads of swearing and stuff I just can't watch it because I'm too sensitive that's happened to me at times like I was I remember I was going through yeah. this period where I felt very spiritual and I was doing a lot of meditating and I was really I don't know I, was, did, I did feel like sensitive I'd cut out all kinds of uh, you know kind of purifying you know and so you're eating really well and being really healthy and meditating and and mm. I tried to watch, what was it? Oh, so I tried to watch Iron Man. And it felt like an assault <laughs> on my soul. It felt yeah. like I couldn't watch. It was horrifying. And it was just because, the, I, you know, it wasn't anything like uh, objective. It had to do with um, just paying attention to the point that most movies or art draw you in. Just. You know, because mm. uh, they do, or, or it wouldn't work, right? You have to care a bit, or the the suspense wouldn't work, or the humor wouldn't work, so you have to be a little bit invested in the thing you're watching. Well, my favorite movies are the ones where people don't get killed, because that means the people that have written it have really had to use their imagination, mm. rather than it just being about everyone killing each other. Like Loki, the Marvel series Loki. People don't get killed in that. I mean, they do get crushed into the tiniest little box at one point, mm. the little glass cube, and it gets smaller and smaller, and you, did, you don't actually see them get crushed, so you don't know. But no one gets... They, they, they do get... Um, what's it called, where they get disappeared? Yeah, Disney yeah, Loki, I just watched you? the next what's season. What's it called? Uh, they get, um, get, get trimmed or cut or... Something... What are yeah, you doing? Uh, uh, they trimmed, um, they cut their, um, prune, prune. It's like trimmed. Prune, prune, yeah. prune, pruned, which is a brilliant, brilliant word. But when they get pruned, they only get disappeared to another right. um, timeline. And that's fantastic. Like, imagine if in mm. other movies like, you know, Iron Man or something, if anything bad happened, they had to be pruned to another dimension and you have to explain where they went. Or a bit like, you know, if in a movie, like, everyone started getting killed in a war, you'd have to see where they all went after there's they died. There's a long, uh, I don't know if it's long, but there's a literary tradition of uh, having to unkill characters, as you know, because I guess right. Sherlock Holmes yeah, was yeah. one of the first, like, you know, that was like, you can't unkill this, please. Um, they did that in Magnum as well. We've been watching Magnum, and there's a bloke that, that died, and then he came back as a about literally two weeks later as a lookalike, and now he's the same bloke. Yeah, right, because people make a stink or something. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. <laughs> you got to bring them back. And Doctor Who, even. You know, I don't know if people are making a stink, but they're like, yeah. well, you can't end the show. And it's like, well, you know, that we got an yeah. elderly alcoholic as the actor. Yeah. So it's like, well. Yeah, Neil Tennant wants to come back. We, we're going to just have to give him another TARDIS of his own. So they did make it. You know, when his hand got cut off, they made us. Is it Neil Tennant or David Tennant? One of them's in the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> I wish they were David both Tennant? in. David Tennant. David Tennant. When he got his hand cut off, not the he, you know the Doctor Who David Tennant. That's David Tennant. Neil Tennant. Right. In the Pet when the guy Shop in the Pet Shop Boys got his hand cut off, they did make a second one out of the hand. Yeah. Didn't they? Right. So there's I been a lot of him. He's very right. ubiquitous. I haven't seen a lot of Doctor Who, but I got really into it um, this time around because basically they've kind of, they got some financing from Disney who make the Marvel stuff. And I really have loved watching Loki. It kind of blew my mind all to do with sacred timelines. And I thought, oh, they're going to start, as well as being a bit clunky, mm -hmm. you know, clunky Doctor Who, they're going to have some really amazing effects, cosmic Doctor Who as well. And that's what I like about Twin Peaks, which we were bound to talk about, mm -hmm. which we are now. Um, well, 
is David Lynch, he gets all the, this, that amazing art house to do those amazing effects, you know, of the, of the cosmos and all that. But then he'll get this, the most cringiest effect from Adobe mm -hmm. After Effects, which is basically a swirl. Right, right. <laughs> and he'll, he'll put in the sky a swirl and it's like, what, did they all go home? <laughs> So it's you, David, doing that bit, isn't it? You know, I feel like uh, the more there's been a little time since the return, right? And mm. I do feel like everything preceding the last two episodes is definitely mm. not happening. That there's the tells are yeah. that, you know, that the reality is incomplete in the way remembered reality. So I'm not saying it's a dream. But it's mis—it's yeah. how you misremember things, or how. Yeah, we're 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 way more flawed than right. So when yeah. the when the when the when the thing you're watching has stuff that you're like, well, that's not quite right, or that doesn't seem real. Like those little tells in your dreams. So the well, you're not lucid dreaming, but you're like, well, well wait a minute, like, you know, yeah. could my grandmother? Time to time to. Time did, to yeah, flap could your my arms grandmother moment. always fly? I guess so. I have, uh, uh, or, or yeah. like, um, I guess she's not dead. Those are, I have those moments like, oh my God, there's my grandmother yeah. in bed. I, 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 I guess I she's not dead. Ago, someone yeah. who had died, someone who had died, and then um, I dreamt about him, and I said, I said, you're not dead, and he goes, yep. Right, because you know, uh, the, the person. Um, the person's no more dead when they're dead than they were alive when they're alive to you. Because all you can do is perceive yeah. that other individual anyway. So you never know what's in their mm -hmm. head or them or what they're doing when they're not around. So all, all you really do have is uh, uh, this perception of them and then most of what you have of all people are memories. And so, you, you know. Actually, all you really have yeah, is right now. Right. So, uh, you know, people are no more dead than they are alive, even the dead ones. Because I know there's living people that are in a state now of limbo with me because I've met them and we will never meet again. And, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't know who they are exactly, but I know there's people now that we know each other and I will never see them again. Some of them I will never interact with again. Like maybe people I met in England. Do mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Well, what about the people you haven't met yet? Yeah, yeah, they're virtually dead. No, really, <laughs> when you think about it, I, and I can't before mourn you them, were but... born, Before uh -huh. you were born, you were dead. Yeah, I remember that. And then before that, I was a, I was a <laughs> milkmaiden in, in, uh, in 17th century London. I remember... You should have paused us. I remember for a really long time. I had this past life where I remember kicking over a lantern, and it must have been middle of, middle of the 17th century London, 1666 or something. Six. <laughs> I am so convinced that Christopher Wren did that, because yeah. like then he gets his contract for like we need you to build 70 churches. All right. Oh, awesome. very good. <laughs> Just like you know, uh, maybe post World War Two, you know, they've this architect shows up or something. Yes, I did not bomb them. This ex Luftwaffe suddenly is an architect. We need you to rebuild some things. Well, that's Doctor Who, really. Isn't yeah, it? right. That yeah, that you that cause it and then it. you go fix it. <laughs> that can lead to just thinking that can lead to trouble. Yeah, because there, I remember during the yes. the Atlanta Olympics bombing. They, for a mm. while, they were convinced that the guy who reported it did it. And, right. Which is weird because it's like, well, if he, why did he report it if he didn't do it? <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> what kind of logic that is. He clearly did not do it. And then, you know, they eventually found the guy who did it. But I always thought that was strange. You know, that was your, that's your evidence is like he who smelt it dealt it. That's, uh, that's not, yeah, yeah. Uh, that maybe that comes from fiction or something, but. Yeah. But I guess some people do it to self-aggrandize or whatever, you know. I have now caught the caught the thief, um, but I was the thief. So what did you, what did you, when you came to London, what was 
the thing that you wanted to go to that you didn't get to go to? Uh, oh, no, that's a good no. <laughs> <It's I'm, gone. laughs> I wanted to go I wanted to go in the I know there's parts of the Thames that at low tide you can go mudding and go and pick up coins and oh, shit right. like that. For the trolleys. I really wanted trolleys, to do that, yeah. get a shopping trolley. I don't know how you bring it back. <laughs> um, uh, like a, oh, there's like a du chevaux in there. I want that. I'll just ship it back to the States and drive yeah. it. Yeah. A clay yeah, pipe. Oh, I would use it. I would have it cleaned there. Um, yeah. Then uh, uh, let's see. Is there anything? Oh, it's like when, so Travis asked me when I was, uh, he said, what, after a full. I think you need to tell people no, what you're talking about. No, we don't. Why? What's the point? Okay. To, some guy asked me. Uh -huh. It could be anybody. I just said Travis because you know who he is. But he asked me when I was in okay. London. Somebody was there at the, the cafe, uh, Oto. He's a writer. He's a writer. And he said, well, what did you? He wrote a book right, about right, right. Ian he wrote, So he says, um, uh, uh, what did you do? To, what did you see today? Because I said I was interested in architecture. And I said, I, said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, because I, I don't know where I was all no, the time. That's normal. Like I kind of, and I know it's it was kind when, of a cheeky answer, yeah, but, but I don't like I hadn't really looked it up yet. I don't know where I was. I'm gonna go back and check. Yeah, but also when people go, "What have you done today?" So, oh, you know, it's a bit like how yeah, are you? And he asked me specifically what I saw, <laughs> right? So I was like, "Man, I saw all sorts yeah, right. of things." Some like I don't make it like there's sometimes I don't make a distinction between, you know, whether uh, something has a piece of architecture uh, with a, uh, a full, mm. uh, you know, glazed curtain wall or uh, someone's yeah. nice bottom or something, which I noticed standing next to it. So those are all there together. I have to go home and sort them out. And uh, Yeah. No, I, no I, I only remember things if I write about them or something or... I, I, I can't just recall stuff. It's a bit like watching a movie. It's like I can watch a movie, not remember the name of the movie as I'm watching it, and then afterwards I'll forget I've watched it, and then I could watch it again and have a brand new mm -hmm. experience of it. Yes, same thing. Absolutely. Just like in London is, although I've lived in London mm -hmm. for many years, there's some streets you if you turn me around 180 degrees, I don't know where I am. Oh, I can imagine that. I was, there was some place I'd been, blocks I'd been to a couple of times, and I'd go there again, and I'd go, wait a minute. It takes me a minute to yeah. orient myself. Especially if there's, yeah. bit, I, I noticed this uh, when I was just uh, touring Cincinnati, is that uh, I'd be, re if I could remove a few buildings, I would be great. But there's some view blockers yes. that, uh, that where you stay yes. disoriented because you can't get your bearings. We actually never got to take you to a really great view, which is, at Richmond Park, which is like on a hill. You, mm -hmm. you came to Richmond, um, but it was dark. But in Richmond Park, it's really high up, and there's this um, uh, telescope, not telescope, that's to the sky. What's it called when, is it a telescope? Do telescopes only look upwards, or can you look across? Is yeah, that still a you telescope? Can look at, yeah, well, that's what they used on ships when they'd go, like, oh, there's a whale. It's called a telescope it's still, a telescope, still telescope, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, so they've got a telescope, but they've, there's a set, there's a, a kind of restricted, uh, a sacred view between Richmond and I guess 10 miles away is St. Mm -hmm. Paul's Cathedral. And you, you go up on this hill and you look through all this little, this little thing and you see a tiny little oh, St. Paul's. Oh, wow. How is that possible? Yeah. 10 miles. <laughs> I don't see how that's possible. View. Wow. It's, 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 it's again, you're not allowed to block that view. It's a, it's a, a protect, protected view. Right, called, yeah. But yeah. The, how is that? I'd I think you'd be downhill from it because the river, doesn't the river go uh, east to west? Yeah, uh, right? Yeah, but, but 10 miles away on a yeah. hill, you could oh, see guess, anything yeah. you want in London so if there wasn't yeah, something in the right. way. And so it's called a, yeah, it's a, it's a oh, protected cool, view cool. is what it's called. And it's amazing. We, we take Americans up there because uh, Americans are easily impressed by We're easily impressed? Is that yeah. what you said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like the old thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You just, if you like something older than about 1915, oh, you're really impressed. Oh, it was so, so great talking to you, Vicky. I can't believe we burned through an entire hour. We did. Oh, I no. know. But the whole point of the, what, what, I think the whole point that we were trying to get to is that this is Miracle Nutrition 
with Hari White on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope 91.9 in Rockland County in New York City, New York, or online at WFMU.org Worldwide Freeform Radio something, 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 something. Oh, Vicky, thank you so much. Uh, my guest has been... By the way, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on WFMU oh, yesterday. Oh, yeah, you were so good yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk to you real <laughs> soon. Right after I press the stop button, probably. <laughs>